What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. It's Super Bowl week, the Friday before Super Bowl Sunday. I'm amped. I can't be more amped about anything in my life, y'all. Like, I I've been trying to contain myself and be, like, strategic about when I let it out. And, like, shit's just starting to, to fly out now. But I'm joined, as always, by my guys, Kyle Sirik, my main man, Jake Galley. Stat Matt Robinson couldn't be with us. He's at work tonight, but we'll hear from him a little bit later. He sent us in a recording that we're all going to live kind of react to. But, but I don't want to talk too much because if, if I get going, we'll be here for 30 minutes before we start this podcast show. But it's, <laughs> it's Super Bowl week from the outside looking in. How y'all feeling? Excited. I'm feeling good. 100% excited. I mean, I get in for Super Bowl week whenever, even like ones I don't care about. Like I remember, what was it? It was the Ravens 49ers from... A, a, like a few years ago I did not care about that game and it's always fun always always fun always a good time but we got got lots to talk about and lots to unpack uh as we know the Bucks and Chiefs met in week 12 um so that's what we're gonna do for this episode at least for the first part of it is look back on week 12 and kind of dissect that matchup first what worked for the Chiefs and what the Bucks can take away from that game because Man, that, that drone started out like there was a couple of times this season where games started out ugly, ugly for the Bucks. That was one of them. Tyreek Hill over 200 yards receiving in the first quarter, going down 20 to nothing before I could even blink and what happened. So why, why don't we start right there for KC looking back on this week 12 matchup against the Buccaneers? What worked for Kansas City the most and what can they try to emulate in the Super Bowl on Sunday? Uh, How about Tyreek Hill? He worked pretty well. As you said, 13 catches, 269 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that's like one of the, I don't know exactly where it ranks, but that's an absolutely massive performance. Um, what I will say is I'm not sure that that will work for the Chiefs this time around. Um, it might not. That's not. If you're Todd Bowles coming into this game, you have to make an adjustment as to, I mean, you can't let Mahomes, if Mahomes throws for over 400 yards like he did in the first matchup, you are dead meat. So, I mean, what I'll be most intrigued about, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, is whether he, Todd Bowles, that is, chooses to play aggressive to prevent that from happening, try and put pressure, or if he falls back more, puts four deep, um, and and sees how that shakes out for him. So that's that'll be what I'm watching out for. Yeah, that's, that's actually exactly where I was going to. Obviously, Tyreek Hill worked. But you look at that game, right? And they were playing one safety back, especially in that first quarter, a majority of the time. It made and no Tyree damn sense. Yeah, it made no damn sense. Tyreek Hill is a matchup nightmare for anyone. There's mm -hmm. no corner you can stick on him. Oh, no, because he's fast, he's strong, he can catch, and he can run routes. doesn't matter. But if I see one safety back again, I, I'd be... More than surprised. I think the adjustment definitely comes, I think, there is falling back, Jake. I, I don't think you get aggressive on a guy like that. But th there's no way that they can go through this game doing the same thing they did last game because it'll be 20 nothing in the first quarter again. Before we even blink, there's like a there's a there's a medium. There's a happy, I don't know if it's if it's a happy medium because I don't know if it's gonna work yet, but it's it's a medium for sure, whether you bring pressure or fall back. But I don't think we can we can't afford to blitz much um, against Patrick Mahomes because we need as much safety help, as much security on the back end as possible. Tyreek Hill is going to run his 30-yard bomb routes. They're going to take some shots down the field. And if I see single coverage on Tyreek Hill at any point 
on Sunday, I'm going to blow a gasket. Like, I'm going to go absolutely insane. Just because that's just the nature of who this man is, of how their offense is. You can't allow that to happen. Kyle, you talked about the single high safety. That, like, literally at no point can you afford to run single high to make that safety, like, play, play center field and choose one side or the other. And if they do, he better choose Tyreek Hill's side every single time. Like, it better not be a question about where he goes. But I'm also torn because if you run that two high safeties, a lot of times you're going to go into zone and they will pick apart zone. I'm not trying to see us in zone at all. Like, it's got to be aggressive man-to-man coverage, like a two-man. It's got to be aggressive man-to-man coverage underneath with those safeties over top helping. Like, if we run the same defensive scheme and, and same defensive package all game, I wouldn't be surprised. We've got to get hit home with four, and it's got to be safety help over top because Tyreek Hill can't run rampant. Like, I just I can't see that all game. And, I mean, let's not forget, though, that Kansas City does have a banged-up offensive line coming into this game. And in that first matchup, when they did have a healthy line, uh, Kansas City still allowed two sacks on Mahomes. So, I think uh, listening to Matt Bowen, who's ESPN, he's an uh, NFL analyst for ESPN, super, super knowledgeable about the X's and O's. And what he suggested is that the Bucks will end up running some simulated pressure where you have guys either all standing up, you send some guys and drop other guys back um, just to try and give Mahomes different looks. Uh, but what I would worry about the most and another thing that worked for Kansas City in that game is going to Kelsey underneath when Tyreek, the off chance that Tyreek did get taken away. Kelsey still had eight for 82 in that game. He didn't get in the end zone, but he's still effective. That's still a good game. I wonder if in this game, if they do opt for that four deep coverage, you know, that's going to leave Kelsey one-on-one with who, I mean, who would be guarding him? Devin White? One of the linebackers. Who have, no, no, I mean, you're kind of right to make that in face because I, I wasn't, so confident in our linebackers covering going into the playoffs. I, t- I think I talked about it either before the Saints or before the Packers game. Like, our linebackers are fast as hell, but for some reason struggle so much in coverage. But they've been good. They, I mean, Devin White had a pick against um, a, a pick against New Orleans, um, and they did great covering Aaron Jones out of the backfield against Green Bay. So, like, maybe they've just stepped it up. Maybe it's something that I can count on, but... It's it's the lesser of two evils, man. Like what yeah. you want, you want me to expect both of those to get taken away? That that's impossible. So if I'm gonna choose one, I'm gonna choose Travis Kelsey underneath, and we just got to tackle. Then yep. then to choose take away Travis Kelsey underneath and and have Tyree Kill one on one with somebody over the I top. I think I think that's exactly what has to happen too. You talk about they've been good. Well, now you got Travis Kelsey. You're gonna have to be good because mm-hmm. you need to take away the big plays. You need to take away the deep ball and. If it, if it means give Travis Kelsey 15 targets, well, you better have a game plan to shut it down. Yeah, and and something else that worked for Kansas City, which is just a double whammy on this whole thing, they won the time of possession by 10 minutes, 30 in favor of them, 36 minutes to 26 minutes. And that, that's got to be like the exact opposite. Like, we, we our, our, our best defense is going to be keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, just like it was keeping Drew Brees on the sideline, Yeah. just like it was keeping Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Like, the only the good thing about playing three of the best teams in the NFL in a row is that just like I talked about going into the Packers game, I don't want the game plan to change that much. Yeah. Lean on the running backs, win the time of possession, and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. But no. from Kansas City's point of view, if they win that time of possession, the, I mean, their whole playbook is wide open. 
Now I and, do think I, I do think that was a little skewed though that time of possession because you guys were playing catch up ball a lot, right? I think mm-hmm. you ran the ball twelve times the entire game. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be that much. I mean, what did Brady throw it? Forty one times. Forty yeah, forty one times. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't expect it to be that much in this game, but I think this is haven't we been preaching this now for three weeks? The Buccaneers have to play good football, regular football. Regular, I mean, that's what I've been yeah. calling it, regular football. Virtual so yeah, football. I, yeah, go back to it. What's hilarious is. The Chiefs were able to dominate time of possession, but they didn't do it really by running the football. They had 16 mm-hmm. designed runs, uh, and that went for a combined 59 yards, 16 attempts for 59 yards. Uh, so, like, they're able to keep the ball while still running their regular, you know, pass well, you attack know why offense. They kept, the ball. they kept the ball because, like, we we went down immediately and then had to try to play you know, catch up, had to had to try to throw the ball back. Game and- script hurt, of course, of course. But uh, I just think that when you look at Kansas City and especially as how they match up with the Buccaneers, like, I I don't think that you can expect them to dominate time of possession again. And then I, I also don't think it really matters that much in the long scheme of things. They could score, you know... It's almost better for your team if they don't, because then it gives you more time to score. So, I mean, there's two sides to the coin, but it'll be interesting. They don't really lean on the running game that much. Okay, so obviously we know that the Chiefs had their way pretty much in in the first game, at least in the first half of that. And I'm not really one for moral victories, but I am one from like learning from losses and and having takeaways. So, what what are some things that the Bucks can can and should take away from that first matchup in Week 12 that'll help them in the Super Bowl on Sunday? Because there's got to be something, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't all bad. Please tell me it wasn't all bad. It really wasn't. I, I mean, obviously you get behind 20 to seven at half, and it's tough for you. So they didn't get to run the ball as much as they did, but their passing attack worked. You saw Chris Godwin and Gronk in that game both almost get to 100 yards, and Mike Evans had two touchdowns. So if you can exploit that Chiefs defense, which are playing better now than they were then. If you can exploit that Chiefs secondary, I, I think there's a lot to work with from that game to just see how Godwin got open, how Gronk got open, how did Mike Evans score in the red zone twice. I mean, there's a lot that you can work with there. And say you're not down 20-7, to 7, now you can work in the run game. I, I mean, I mean they, they definitely have pluses on the offensive side that can hopefully come into this game because they won't be down as much off, off of the defensive side. I do think you're right. Like, I do think so much of it is dependent on how, how quickly and how much we were down because you're, you're so one-dimensional. And if you do start to score quickly, then you're, you're going to spark the Chiefs offense to start scoring again too. Like, it's so much dependent on how we start this game. Like, that's my biggest takeaway from Week 12 is we just can't start like that. It, just, it absolutely cannot start like that or else we lose a grip on the game in the first quarter. We'll never get it back a la Week 12. Yeah, and I think that when you look at that first game, like these are two teams that are incredibly close in terms of talent. Um, The way I read the game is in that second half, Tampa comes out right in the beginning of the third quarter, goes down for a field goal. Then their next two drives, Tom Brady throws two picks and it kind of throws the game and any comeback chance on its head. Then to end the game, they finally kind of shape up. They get into a rhythm. And despite uh, Kansas City knowing that they're going to be throwing the ball pretty much every down, they were able to go down and get two touchdowns um, on their last two drives. So to me, that's what's most encouraging is that once Tom Brady settled in uh, and, and got acclimated, you know, they were fine. And they have enough ta- talent, as I said, to compete. So 
That, that, that is a shining light of that game. But was it more of the offense settling in and Tom Brady settling in or more of the defense saying like, all right, enough is enough? Because, you know, we go down 20 to seven and a half, but we lost that game 27-24. We lost that game by three. So yeah. both the offense kicked in, but then the defense kind of put their heels in the dirt and said like, we're, you're not going to continue to just schoolyard bully us all game and started getting stops. And you guys mentioned how the end of the game went. I mean, that game ended the last five drives of the game were a KC punt, three and out, Tampa Bay touchdown, KC punt, Tampa Bay touchdown. And then we just, the, the clock just ran out on us and KC was able to bleed it out. But I mean, if they weren't saved by the bell, that comeback was imminent. Yeah, no, I think it was both the defense being like, all right, let's play. And the offense kicking it in because to be honest, obviously you probably lost that game because of your defense. But scoring seven points in the first half against the reigning Super Bowl champions also isn't really going to give you a win. So, I, I mean, I think it is both there. I'll keep it sweet. And overall, Tampa in general likes to lean more on their running backs. That's the one thing that if you look, they weren't able to do, as you guys have been saying. So, I would say if they're able to keep it close, Super Bowl, maybe everyone's a little bit tight to start. It comes out slow. So, Brady is notoriously a slow starter in the Super Bowl. You can start to pound the running game, get that implemented, and then work off of it, which I know Tampa Bay uh, can do. <laughs> you don't like that, James? No, I don't care. I was about to say, I don't care what you're notorious for. You guys, we got to start hot. Like, I, I don't, like, we just got to start hot. Like, I am terrified. You guys see this, this scale behind me? I was just going to bring it up. Yeah. The, the nervous and excited scale. This joint has been fluctuating every day, and the nervous is out of 68% because I've been thinking about all the stuff that we're talking about, like, been reading our script all day. And it's just been implanted in my mind that if we start slow, this game is going to get away from us. Like, we absolutely cannot start slow. And that's kind of how we are. Like, started slow against New Orleans. Didn't start out too hot against Green Bay. I mean, we scored in the first possession. Then it took a couple of possessions after that for us to get that second score against Green Bay. That Like, that can't happen. Like, we can't be notorious slow starters and ease our way into this thing. Because they're coming out guns blazing. As soon as that horn sounds... They're on go. You yeah, gotta that, be able to match that. I mean, that, that's what KC does. But I will say that your defense is better set up than most defenses are against KC. We know KC is going to come out running gun score, but Tampa Bay's defense gives them a better match than most of the other teams in the league. All right, that's perfect. And I want you to I want you to expand on that point as we go to the second part of our main event of which you know the the advantages that either team has against the other one. And you hit on one just now. We kind of been talking about it a little bit is my Buccaneers defense. But in particular, one facet of my Buccaneers defense, I'll let you go off on it. But we yeah, do have an advantage somewhere. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, you got to think it's the run defense, right? Um, especially with a banged-up O-line. I mean, Eric Fisher probably more of a pass, pass uh, protection guy, but it is the run defense, which is the best in the league. Only giving up 10 rushing touchdowns, but does Casey really run the ball? That's when they the want thing. To, when they want to, but, when 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 they want to or have to, and they, you do have to, figured. you do have to remember, Damian Williams had three touchdowns last Super Bowl, didn't he? I know one was receiving, but you know, you know, I could see Daryl Williams stepping into that role. Maybe is Clyde playing or Le'Veon? Someone can step into that role. Clyde's playing. So yeah, I mean, the run defense is there, and and I think if you do shut down that facet of the game, even though Casey doesn't really run the ball, you make them one dimensional in as much as you can make Casey one dimensional. Right, right, right. You you don't have to worry about the other the other facet of the game. But they, I mean, they started out this season a pretty good running football team. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised with Andy Reid coming out and passing the ball a lot, try to lull them to sleep like we can't run. And I, I'd want to see Tampa Bay's response to that if they do try to mix in a couple run plays. 
Yeah, and they're going to come out in a lot of those uh, four wide sets, three wide and a tight end. You have a running back split out. And that's where I, I think you could see Edwards Hilaire a little bit more than Williams in this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much Andy Reid trusts a rookie in the Super Bowl. Um, that could be another factor. But overall, I don't think the running defense uh, will be that much of a factor unless either Kansas City gets ahead and then maybe it does come into play. But um, And then on the other side, you, you mentioned the rushing defense, guys. The other thing going for Tampa Bay is their running game. They, they are very good at running the football. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette averaged 6.33 yards per carry in the first game against Kansas City, albeit 12 attempts, small sample size. But I think that, you know, this is the two advantages to the Buccaneers, uh, or that the Buccaneers have, rather, kind of help them either way the game goes. If they're ahead, they can run the ball on offense. If they're behind, they have the running defense to slow down Kansas City, not be able to chew up the clock. So, look... Tampa is a live dog. I don't, I don't think any of you guys disagree, but I'll just say they are a live dog in this game. Very 100%. Live. But look at last Super Bowl. Look at last year's AFC Championship game. The Chiefs went up against two running football teams and beat them both. Like, like it's they say running the football on defense wins you championships, unless you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs because their offense is going to win you championships. Their offense is going to win them championships. And... You know, I, I love what our running backs have been doing every game this playoffs. We've the Buccaneers have had a rushing touchdown, albeit against the Saints. Tom Brady was the rushing touchdown on on the fourth and one on the goal line, but we've had a rushing touchdown every game. Uh, our running backs have been integral every game, but you know the game has to be going in the right way to be able to utilize the, the running game that specifically. Like it, it's got to be it's got to be going in our favor, and I'm. I'm very nervous that that it's not going to be that we're not going to get that opportunity. Um, and the, and you talk about our running game on offense, the Chiefs' running game on defense as of late, especially in the AFC Championship game, has been severely overlooked. Held the Bills to about like 3.8 rushing yards per attempt in, a, in the AFC Championship game, which anything under four yards per carry against the Buccaneers is going to make us want to go away from the running game, put the ball in Brady's hands 40 to 45 times. That's where we get in trouble. We got to average, you know, four to five yards a pop on the ground, stay ahead of the schedule to keep it moving. I think the entire Chiefs defense is being overlooked. I'm not going to lie. They were being overlooked really? last week as well. Yeah, they, they definitely deserve their credit there. But I, I wouldn't be as nervous about the, that, though, James, because it is Tom Brady and it's the Super Bowl. And you're not going to you're Tom. like you're not going to rely on the running game until where it's like if the running game doesn't work, we lose. You know, like there's a lot to this offense. And I mean, you have Godwin Evans and Gronk, albeit not the Gronk of five years ago, not the Gronk of even three years ago. But you have a lot of weapons and AB. AB is playing, right? AB is playing. And you have AB. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be nervous as much. Maybe your 68 percent can go to down to about 60 if, if you're thinking about the running game too much. On, but let me, let I was about to say, marker. go change that chart, bro. Go change the chart. We got to get a bump in <laughs> excitement. Like, like I'm hurting. I'm hurting. All right. While I change the chart, talk to me about what what the Chiefs have as an advantage because I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, we got so many more advantages than the Chiefs do. So while I bump this up to a, a 60, tell me about what the Chiefs have the advantage on so this can go all the way back down to zero. I, I mean, it, it's just how explosive that offense is, right? I, I mean, you were talking about the big play capability, probably the best in the league. I, I can't think of another team that's up there. Eight touchdowns this season, over 30 yards. Those are regular season touchdowns. Seven to Tyree Kill and two on your Tampa Bay squad. 
So, I mean, the, 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 the big play is there. Hey, hey, I forgot that, Kyle. So, thank, thank you <laughs> for that one. The big play is there. And obviously, we, we, we did talk about um, how we expect to see different coverages. So, maybe they can mitigate that. But And they, and they also have the coaching experience. I mean, we're talking about Andy Reid versus Bruce Arians. We're talking about the guy that was in the Super Bowl last year to the guy that's only been in the Super Bowl as an assistant coach, which, which is experience. That's good. Mm-hmm. And I think the numbers are like Andy Reid has played or coached 29 playoff games and Bruce Arians has coached three. Yeah, Coming so, into the year. Uh, the, coming into the year. Before yeah, yeah. this coming season. Okay. So, I mean, I, I think you have the big play offense and of course it's the offense and you have the coaching experience and. I'm not as worried about the coaching experience, though. I know Andy Reid has something he's going to cook up in the Super Bowl that I might just talk about in my prop bets. And and Eric Bieniemy and Eric Bieniemy, yeah. those, those two minds together have revolutionized an entire offense. But one thing that Bruce Arians, I'm so glad, is willing to do is like take a step back. Where I can't coach, let Tom coach. Like he, that, that famous quote that was circulating in, in sports media, the, the difference between us and New England is New England didn't let him coach. Like, why would you? You got Bill Belichick. But they didn't let him coach. We let him coach. Sometimes I just sit back and watch. And a lot of people were like flaming Bruce Arians for that. And I was like, no, I like that. I love that, actually, because I've seen it. I've seen the Chiefs game, I think, was, was a microcosm of it. It happened a week before in the Rams game, too where the first half and the second half look completely get different, even in terms of the game plan and the performance. Like, I think sometimes Tom goes in the locker room and is like, all right, y'all tried your way. Look at the score. Can we do it my way now? And they're like, all right, fine. And then it looks completely different in the second half. And I think the second half of the season, Bruce Aarons kind of threw his hands up and was like, go ahead and lead us, Tom. And I do have I do have a question off of that point, though, for you, James. Go ahead, go ahead. And I want you to answer it. Do you think that we have two Super Bowl caliber coaches in the Super Bowl? Why are you gonna make me do this, man? <laughs> why, are you, why are you gonna make? Why are we gonna make me do this, man? I, w- I want to hear your answer. Like Super Bowl caliber coaches, yes. Bruce Arians is is a, a very good coach, um, and there are other facets of our team that have changed that Tom Brady can't speak for. Special teams has been great. That's not something Tom Brady can speak for. Defense has been great. Obviously, not as much as Bruce Arians, but that's something that Tom Brady can't speak for. That's Todd Bowles and a combination of Bruce Arians. The culture completely different between him and Dirk Cutter and, and Jameis Winston. That's something I think. That I think Brady, that's a big. I think yeah, that's a that's big. Something yeah. that something that Tom Brady can't coach for. Do I think Bruce Arians could have done this and brought us to this promised land by himself, just off the back of his great coaching? No, he needed Tom, and he knew that. That's why he deferred to him in moments. But yes, he's got a Super Bowl caliber coach. You can have the greatest quarterback if you want. If you don't have a Super Bowl caliber coach, you're not you're not putting this whole thing together. There's 53 men on the roster. There's yeah. three facets of a game. You got to be able to put this thing together as a head coach and keep all things sewed up tight. Antonio Brown has come into this organization and not made a peep. Not not even colored outside the lines once. That's <laughs> that's something said about the culture and about the coaching as well. So yeah. No, I, I agree. Fair question. Almost put me on the spot. Almost turned on my man's BA, but I, but I I just stand ten toes. He my guy. In one year too, he did in one it in year. one year. Yeah. Right, and and even if you go back to his Arizona days, uh, you know those teams. I believe in like 2013, 2014. I think it was twenty fourteen. They uh, made the conference uh, championship game, but 20, 2016, They went against the Panthers. I believe Bruce Haynes was still there. Right. So, like, 
it's not like he's not a playoff caliber coach. Uh, I think he is a good coach overall. Obviously, I don't think you can get to the Super Bowl with a bad coach, but there's no doubt about it. Tom Brady helps. Tom Brady helps a lot. <laughs> Absolutely, but that that coaching thing is not is not to be overlooked. Um, but it's funny because some of the things that Andy Reid got knocked for in Philadelphia, I don't think he's had to do in Kansas City. Like, what was the biggest knock on Andy Reid? Time in, management. In time management. What, what What? are you managing? What time are you managing? Pat Mahomes is on the field for like four four minutes at a time. I think he has learned, though. I mean, we're not seeing uh, third quarter timeouts down seven on your own 40-yard line. Yeah. Because he doesn't need to. Why are you going to call it to, for what? Yeah, but there is a point at the end of his Eagles where you're like, one out of every three games is going to mess up a timeout. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't need to, but I think he learned I something. Think, I mean, but I well, think you don't have a coach for that. But I like think just the time bowl. But <laughs> I think coach. that goes into overthinking. I'll sign like, up. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of overthinking that makes you take a timeout before you should, or not take a timeout when you when you should be taking a timeout. But when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I don't have to overthink this thing. We were they were down 24 to the Texans and didn't overthink. Came came right back down 10 in the Super Bowl. Came right back. Like I don't I don't think there's as much. Like obviously he has to game manage. I don't want to speak. You know so much in hyperbole like he doesn't but what game is he managing i think we might have manifested a uh nfl history changing bad timeout on sunday uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous that we just screwed the chiefs no that's fine that's, <laughs> that's absolutely speak that shit into existence please by the way before we move on a little bit of update in my household i'm a bucks fan my mom is a chiefs fan and bro i've been giving her hell all week she don't really she's not really like the trash talking type and I am. And for better or for worse, I'm either gonna like be backed up or I'm gonna look real stupid. But like I've been giving her hell, but I, I she works from home. I've been taping Go Bucks like on her computer screen. The first thing that she sees when she comes down to work in the morning is oh my God. a big Go Bucks. I wrote Go Bucks on a paper airplane and just flew it like from the stairs, hit her in the side of the head. Oh yeah, but I've been Oh, I've been absolutely what totally a menace. Yeah, what an absolute are you watching, menace. Are you guys watching the game together? One hundred percent. We almost oh. didn't. We yeah, almost I thought said, you were going to split up. We 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 said that we might have to split up, but then we thought about it realistically, and we were like, "This is a once in a lifetime thing that has not. Like we can bank yep. on our teams going to the Super Bowl and facing each other, you know, on a frequent basis. So if we didn't watch this game together, it'd be 10, 20 years down the road, and we'd hate ourselves because like, probably never going to happen again. So, like, you know, we got absolutely taken advantage of it. But there's going to be, like, a clear divide in the living room. She can't come on my side. I can't come on hers. It's, it's going to be, Jake, I'm going to still need you to keep that spare room ready, man. Are might, you going to be I able to partake in, like, the Super Bowl snacks? Is she going to shut you out from that, too? Like, all the... She jokes about it, but, like, it's just, like, a real possibility, to be honest. Like, I might I might go hungry in this, in this entire Super Bowl. All right, before we move on to uh, to speaking facts, like we mentioned, StatMat couldn't be here with us, but he did send in just his takes on the game overall, both on the KC and Tampa Bay side. So we're going to give a listen, and um, we'll live react to him and see if he's speaking facts. But if I know StatMat, he said something crazy about Brady, which I'm going to have to get on him for. So here it is. <laughs> hey, guys, wish I could be there with you, but here's my take. I know everyone's talked about the Chiefs O-line versus the Bucks D-line, so I'll just leave it with this. Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL on third and longs for each of the last three seasons. So Mike Remmers might really screw up the Chiefs offense, but Mahomes can fix it in a flash. 
Also, Tampa's defense was only 20th on third and long this year, so even if they get Mahomes into a sack and make it third and 12, third and 15, we know Mahomes can make that play. Also, Tampa's only 25th in the NFL against tight ends, so Travis Kelsey is due for a big game. Now, when the Bucs have the ball, I see the Chiefs blitzing Tom Brady a lot, despite the fact that earlier in his career, actually most of his career, he was deadly at picking apart teams that blitzed him. He's only as a negative four DVOA this season when teams send more than four pass rushers. And I do think Spagnolo, of all people, knows how to get Tom Brady flustered. So I do see that happening. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be close. But I think, sorry James, I think the Chiefs win this one 24-20 and win back-to-back Super Bowls. See you guys. So did I have StatMat on brand? I I heard not one positive thing about the Buccaneers in that entire minute and twenty seven. Not well, one. Brady thing. was Brady was good against the Blitz like eight years ago, I think, right? Like eight years, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like like. You said Remmers, Remmers would be able to mess up the Chiefs' offense, but not enough for Mahomes not, not to enough. overcome. We'll we'll fix it in a flash. Him. We'll be able to put them in third and long, but once they get into third and long, they're probably going to convert the first down. Like what? I, what? I will say, though, his point about Spagnolo uh, on, on defense, when I believe Steve Spagnolo was the Giants defensive coordinator, he gave Brady a different base defense look for every single four, like for every quarter was a different defense. And obviously we know how the Giants fared against Tom Brady. So that is... Um, that's something that I watch out for, the changing looks. That's actually a good point by Matt. That's a, I didn't that's even a think great about point. that angle. Yeah, and also the tight end thing, twenty fifth in the league against tight ends, I know, and I, I mean saw, you're facing I, the the I best know, one in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they definitely have their defensive game plan, but that's something to look out for. One hundred percent. So thank you, Matt. Before we move on, I'm gonna go ahead and change this chart back here back to a seventy percent worry <laughs> um, because Matt just just really struck fear into my heart. Um, so a lot of a lot of facts, Matt was speaking. Uh, in that little segment. So we're going to move on to speaking facts and see what's been going around in sports media. Super Bowl edition. And there's only two of them, but they're two really good ones. The first one was Emmanuel Sanders earlier this week on First Take. He said, if I had to say what was the reason that Tampa Bay, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the Super Bowl, I'd have to sit back and say their defense. Now, this came as a direct question from Stephen A. Smith asking Emmanuel Sanders, do you think Tom Brady is the sole reason that the Bucs are in the Super Bowl? He said, no, it's the defense. Jake, is Emmanuel Sanders speaking facts? No, because I, it's tough because he, he's not speaking facts, but it is tough because he got put on the spot where you have to choose either or because the true answer is it's been a balance. When one has failed, the other steps up. And um, they've also both had very, very high peaks in terms of their performance this year. So tough, tough question. If I were to take one or the other, Maybe the defense got them there, but who's going to win it is the offense unquestionably. Unquestionably in this game, in my opinion, it's going to be the offense who will have to win the Super Bowl. Forget who got them there. It'll be the offense. Okay. Okay. Kyle, E-Man speaking facts. Yeah, so I actually might confuse a little people here because so this is how I think about this. If you could take out the defense in that quote and put in Tom Brady, my answer would be the exact same. And it's speaking facts. And I mean, I mean, so you look at the Bucks team that was seven and five in the regular season, won their last four games and really wasn't a playoff lock at that point when they were seven and five and their defense is what stepped up there. 
And then you look at the playoffs, and you can really only look at the playoffs and mm-hmm. still make the exact point that the reason they're in the Super Bowl. And you had a little bit of a slip up defensively against Washington, not going to lie. But they did what they needed to. But then you faced the Saints and the Packers. The Saints didn't even get the 300 yards. We know what Mike Thomas did, or we know what Mike Thomas didn't do. And then you look at the Packers, who were probably the best offense in the league this year. And you also held them a little over 300 yards. But at the same time, they only scored 26 points. And this is the team that led the league in scoring. I mean, I I think the defense is so much to play here. But as Jake said, it was a balance. This is a team... This is a team. I mean, this is a team that had all the pieces come together and wouldn't be here without one of those pieces missing. Y'all are both making good points. And it's tough because I feel like I'm going to contradict myself. Like, I feel like if if you've listened to me throughout the week, I've given so much praise to Tom Brady. But the reason that we're in the Super Bowl, the reason that we won at least the Saints or the Packers games was our defense. And I think undoubtedly. I mean, you look at what, what happened, especially in the Packers game, Tom Brady throws three interceptions any other game, and we probably lose. But we got those two takeaways, or those three takeaways, and then that, that kind of put the balance of power back into our possession, uh, into our favor, especially in the end of the game when the Packers are starting to mount their comeback. You know, that that fumble, that forced fumble by Jordan Whitehead was absolutely huge. Um, so our defense has absolutely stepped up uh, in the billing, and then you look at the running backs that we're able to shut down too. First, Alvin Kamara, and then the combination of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. That's also the defense. Putting Aaron Rodgers on his back three times. That's the defense. So if I had to, if I had to choose one, Tom Brady or the defense, right, by looking at the full scope of the game, well, you Tom, you're the GOAT. You've done a lot for us to get to this point. But in these last two games, it's been the defense that has gotten us to this point. It's got us to the Super Bowl. But Jake, I couldn't agree more. It's one thing to get us there. Who's going to win us the big game? There's no doubt that's TB12, right? Like, absolutely no doubt that's got to be him. So, right. yeah, I think, I think, E-Man, I think he was speaking facts. I think he a little butthurt. I don't want to give so much of the credit to Tom Brady because his Hall of Fame quarterback is now into retirement. Feet kicked up over there in, in the islands. Um, but I do think he was speaking facts a little bit. Um, next one, Stephen A. Smith could always... Can always go to this man for for a good <laughs> quote or two, as, especially in Super Bowl week. But listen to this one. This one has been in my in my mental for a minute. If Patrick Mahomes loses this Super Bowl, he will never be able to pass Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. Kyle, is he speaking facts? Well, um, I'm actually interested in what you have to say to this because I saw your little your little TikTok thing or whatever that was. <laughs> I, I, feel like I, I feel like I feel like I know. Way, those are mad fun to make. Yeah, I feel like I know how you feel about this, but I got to say no. I mean, you can think of just the discussion between the two quarterbacks right now. For Brady, he's 9-4. and four. Does this make him the GOAT and Mahomes can never reach there if he wins this game? No, it helps. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes. We're looking at a 25-year-old quarterback who, by the way, has already won a Super Bowl, who signed a 10-year, $450 million contract that hasn't even kicked in yet. He's not even getting that money yet. I mean, this is a dude with his whole career ahead of him who's won a Super Bowl faster than most of quarterbacks have ever won it in their careers. And it's way too early to even put him in the GOAT discussion. Of course, he's the next up and coming. But no, I don't think this game matters at all. Because if you look at a 25-year-old Brady at this time, and in this game, Mahomes would beat him. Mahomes would beat him. But Brady won a Super Bowl before Mahomes in his career. Brady won a Super Bowl in his rookie year. First opportunity. Greatest no, show didn't. on turf. 
That wasn't Brady's rookie year. His, or his first, his first opportunity at Super Bowl. They won it at the same point in their careers, in terms of seasons wise. But regardless, no, I don't think it matters. We're comparing a forty year old, forty something year old, and a twenty five year old with his whole career ahead of him. Let's let the tales or their tapes shed the tail at the end of their careers. Jake, is he uh, speaking I'm going to give a resounding fuck no. No. Thank you. This is an idiotic <laughs> thing to say. No. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could win the next set. Like, and here's the thing. Like, I say it in like, oh, Patrick Mahomes could win the next seven Super Bowls after this, just as like, it literally is like possible. And then on top of that, like, it's almost plausible. Like, they're good enough to do it. He's good enough to do it. And beyond that, I know GOAT is a totally different discussion than most talented. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, I've seen enough. He is the most talented quarterback hands of all down, time. Hands down, hands down. So hands when you look at it that way, and like Kyle said, like there's no way of like definitively saying that yes or no right now, if he loses this game, he will never be able to become the GOAT because he's got so much football left to play. Like so much. He could he could have 15 years of football left to play. Like it's just too much. Listening. He could have more if he does what Tom did. You guys, you guys are missing it. You guys are missing. You guys. Yeah, are this is it. the part I've been waiting for. You're missing the, the 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 main point of what he's saying, because going forward, like when you're when you're having the goat discussion, and Mina Kimes broke this down beautifully. The goat discussion is a combination of talent, career, and like accolades and, and accomplishments. Right, you have to put all three of those together to get a goat conversation. So going forward, it's going to be these two. At the top, whenever Patrick Mahomes is is said and done, or when he's accumulated enough careers or enough time spent in football to get these career accomplishments and career accolades, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Who do you want to talk about is the GOAT? And you say it's plausible for him to go to the next seven straight Super Bowls. Sure. In your mind, if that's plausible, (laughs) sure. Cool. But realistically speaking, can you you peg someone to win more than six Super Bowls in their career? No. No. Can you do that? No. So if if he matches Tom Brady in Super Bowl, not just appearances, wins. We're talking seven of them bitches. But like if he matches Tom Brady in career Super Bowl wins, he'll have the biggest blemish on his record. You didn't beat him head to head. It's something that no other, like not many other GOAT conversations I've been able to have. When you talk about LeBron Jordan, they never faced in the finals. So, like, we, we never got to see the head-to-head matchup. If if Mahomes loses this for the rest of his life, for the rest of his career, we'll be able to point back and say, yeah, you did all this. Yeah, you won four, five, six Super Bowls. Yeah, you are amongst the, the, the leaders in career passing yards, passing TDs, all that. But you didn't beat the direct person you're up against head-to-head in the big game. But it, the, the, the direct comparison, the direct matchup, you didn't beat him. Football is too much of a team game for me I to knew, really bear. bear. Well, and, and beyond that, okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> let's say Tom Brady versus Eli Manning. Eli Manning beat him twice. Does that make Eli Manning a better quarterback all time than Tom Brady? No, because, because Tom has the career accolades on top of that, and Tom has seven Super Bowl wins beyond that. So, okay, which then now I will go to football is a team game. Right. If you don't have Bill Belichick and you don't have that dynasty that was built by the front office. I mean, look, Tom Brady is the crown jewel of that dynasty, but don't get it twisted. They had pieces and players who were pivotal all throughout those years. And then he goes to a super talented Tampa Bay team. So 
like when you look at it that way and Patrick Mahomes has one of the most dynamic minds at offensive coordinator in the league and talent and and the talent all over his team as well who's the who's the most important person on a football team who's damn near the most important position in sports quarterback of course quarterback oh unequivocally yeah so so you're gonna give Patrick Mahomes all this credit for winning but you're not gonna give Tom Brady all this credit for winning like Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is gonna be the goat if, if he wins, but but since Tom Brady won, no, there's other pieces that factor into this. I think we're just, and both of our points are made on this, the yes and the no to this answer of the speaking facts. It's there's so much uncertainty. Me and J, me and Jake are saying, oh, we have no idea what's uncertain for his career, and you're saying, oh, well, maybe he gets the Brady, so you're kind of capping that uncertainty a little bit. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a dude that has played an NFL career five times longer than the other dude has. And who's to say that this is the best Patrick Mahomes will ever see? What if Patrick Mahomes has a LeBron type of thing where we're looking at 25-year-old LeBron and then you look at the LeBron that was in the finals against the Warriors and the one is a completely better player. I don't know how Mahomes gets completely better like that, but how are you going to call a guy a GOAT to where we this Super Bowl might just be a third of what Mahomes' talent was? Maybe he becomes just this quarterback guy. We don't know. I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying this one game at one dude's end of his career, one dude's kind of the start of his career. Could be the start of his career. It doesn't this game end that so debate before it started. This game We're ending so the debate before it starts, though. Correct. Yeah, That's my problem debate. with it. That's yeah, my problem with the debate it. before it starts because, like, this game does hold a lot of weight. You look at Brady's career accomplishments, and it's not set in stone that Patrick Mahomes reaches this. Like it's it's yeah. not like you're talking about Brady at the top. But of we're not every calling record. Mahomes the goat if he wins this. So if no 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 no, I'm not calling Patrick. No, I'm not calling. Brady. No, no, exactly though. So wins, it doesn't matter. That Patrick doesn't matter. Mahomes wins on Sunday. Brady is still the goat. But if Patrick Mahomes wins on Sunday, he has the ability to pass Tom Brady because if he if he catches up to him in all these career accolades, he will have the head to have Super Bowl win. But if if he catches up to Brady in these career accolades, the one thing he will never be able to beat him in is the head-to-head matchup. And I'm sorry, but he's not going to beat Brady by that much in all the career accolades that it's going to be a landslide and that this game won't matter. Brady has been that good in his career because it's realistic, Kyle. Because what if they go? Throw for what if he breaks yards. every quarterback record and he goes like seven and one in Super Bowls? But the, the one head to head is going to flop it. Yes, yes. Uh, and the one is no, yes. And no. the one is lost to Eli Manning twice and Nick Foles also. You lost to the guy you're trying to you're trying to get over in the record books. Yeah, but Number in that one. case, in that case, the, he didn't lose to Eli Manning twice and didn't lose to Nick Foles once like Brady did. Yeah. Okay. okay. Eli Manning and, and Nick Foles, they got any of the career stats that Brady have? Exactly. So, but Mahomes Mahomes wouldn't have blemishes like that Brady had. If it Here's the work. last last two things I'll say. Number one, let's say that Tampa Bay wins this year. They, where's Kansas City going? Where's Tampa Bay going? Tom Brady's the same guy next year. Pat Mahomes the same guy. They could play True. again next year. And True. then it's if it's one and one, so like there's just too much unwritten. Number two, James, you know this as well as I do. Brady better watch out. He wins the seventh Super Bowl. He's now at risk of getting wilted out of the yeah, that's greatest <laughs> of all time discussion. He's so too good. Yep, you yep. just take you want to have a good debate. You got to take him out of it to even have a debate. I'll take that. I'll take that. That's, <laughs> that's funny. funny. All right. Funny. I think we ended on that. There is no this past week in sports. We will get to the countdown. But before, we got to stay on brand and give our Super Bowl predictions. So we've heard Matt's. 
24 to 20, I believe it was around there, KC's favor. I'm going to give my prediction. James isn't going to like it. Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. Patrick Mahomes will get a second Super Bowl. Andy Reid will get a Super Bowl. I'll be happy for Andy Reid. Sorry, James. But KC is going to win 34 to 27. He never gets it. We never get out the 20s with Kyle. We never get out the 20s. Nope. nope. And we've scored 30 points in every playoff game, and we can't That's get out the cool. 20s. With That's cool. Casey's, <laughs> Casey's going to win. Uh, I got bad news, James. I think I'm riding again for the third consecutive game this postseason. I guess the Bucks. Him. Dude, I did this it is, too. This is I did good it too. News. James, this is good news. He's no different from the Packers game, from the Saints game. No We've been. We've been wrong both times, so this is good news for you. But uh, I, if I had to put a number on the game, I'd say Kansas City wins 31-28 to 28, right on the head of that minus three that they're hanging. Uh, and it also goes over the total of 56. Yeah, it does. Okay, my math was uh, wavering there for a you second. You want to make sure your over still hits? Yeah. <laughs> you got to get I your protection if you're over. I didn't, I didn't bet on the over. What I will say is, just like broadband, I think that we both we will all agree on this. If... You know, don't tell me who wins the game, but just, you know, you could tell me right now the game goes over. I say Kansas City wins. Game goes under. Oh, Jake, literally yeah. Tampa Bay wins. Out of my mouth. If the over hits, Kansas City's going to win. If the under hits, we win. That, I can ride um, with that. So for, for that sake, I mean, I do think it's going to be a three-point game. Um, I have us winning 30-27, to 27, but I do think that if it goes over 35, Kansas City wins. Like, that's shootout territory. 30 mm-hmm. to 27 is like right on the cusp, but I think that 27 meant we got a key stop or a key turnover when we needed it. That didn't let Kansas City get to 35 plus. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to bake on that happening, but just like the Saints, just like the Packers, I'm in this joint alone. That's fine. Matt That's did it just to spite me, but I thought I was I thought I was going to get a, an ally from what we know Matt did it just to spite me. I said it all year. Casey's the best team in football. I did pick the Packers, unfortunately, when I was going through the playoffs, but Casey is the best team in football. I'm going to take him. That's true. And I, did I, take I, the Bills. I did take the Bills in the AFC Championship game, didn't I, too? That's tough. Yeah. I also slipped up, too. We are not going right to the countdown, are we? No, not no, just yet. Are. Not just yet. Not just yet. We're going to have some fun with this. Uh, we did this last year for the Chiefs Niners, and it was, it was really fun to do. So... We're going to pick our favorite Super Bowl prop bet going into Sunday. Kind of explain why why we like it. But, Jake, you want to go first? Your, your best prop bet. Yeah, for sure. And this is one I heard today, actually. Uh, the chances are or it's yes or no on a two-point conversion happening. Uh, if you say yes, you can get that at plus 275. It blew my mind that this was listed. Was this is on points bet, um, which I think is available in New Jersey closest to us, Kyle, if you want to drive over there and put a ticket in. But um, no, sir, I think this was listed this morning, plus 275. I mean, look, if this is a close game, uh, you know, really just mathematically nowadays, teams go for two point conversions more and more. I think almost three to one version, two point conversion converted or just converted, converted. Converted. Yeah. I was going to say, because I saw, I was looking at the prop bets to choose mine, and I saw a two-point attempt at, like, plus 150, and I was like, where did you get this at? I like that, too. I, I like I, I like plus too. 150 yeah, for an attempt as well. Just to attempt it. Actually, yeah. I really like that. Kyle, give me your best prop bet. Um, so my prep, I'm having fun with this one. I could have just chose, like, a player to get X amount of yards, but I'm saying the over is going to hit on total players with a pass attempt, and that's over two and a half. So if anyone, assuming Brady and Mahomes throw a ball, they're going to throw a ball. 
If anyone else throws a ball, it hits. This is at uh, 140. I feel like it should be a little higher. I did the research last time it happened. Was the Philly special game. Of course, there were four people there. I believe Amendola was the one that threw a ball. But Tampa Bay hasn't had anyone throw a ball, so I'm kind of worried, other than Brady or quarterback. But Casey's had three non-quarterbacks throw it. Mm-hmm. One was their punter, fake punt, Andy Reid, I believe. Two was Sammy Watkins. I think he's hurt. But number three was Travis Kelsey, who's thrown two balls, and one happened to be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is so I'm, just having, I'm having fun with this one. Uh, if it happens, I cannot wait to just text you guys and just be like, I told you. But I told you. I'm just <laughs> having fun with this one. Nah, Kyle, for, to be honest, it's a real possibility. You just need one other person one. in the game. It doesn't even need it's to be completed. When I read that prop, and I'm thinking like you three people to throw like a, a a pass, but then I'm forgetting that like you, two of them are given. Like you just need yeah. one other person to throw a pass with a with a creative offense like that. Like, look, it it, it very well could happen. Uh, my favorite one um, was a, a combination of touchdown scoring: Mike Evans and Travis Kelsey. This was on DraftKings at plus two hundred. Um, I, I look, I'm, I'm absolutely hammering that one home. I think they both have a touchdown pretty much in in every game in the postseason. I might have to check for Travis Kelsey, but for Mike Evans, he's got a touchdown in every game of this postseason. So to yeah. think that two of the top the top two red zone targets for either team and the top pretty much the top receiving threat for the Buccaneers and depending on how the game goes, the top receiving threat for the Kansas City Chiefs, I would be really surprised if we get the scoring output that we're expecting and both like one of these two guys doesn't score a touchdown. Like so, so I'm like, well, you that. need. That I think you need both. You need both. You need to, both. That's what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm yeah, I'd be uh, surprised if one of them doesn't score. Like I'd be surprised. Yeah, if right. No, I, I like the value there. Yeah, I'll say the Travis Kelsey touchdown, just like that by itself, should be considered legal tender by the United States. If you have a ticket, you can turn it in at the bank, and they just give you money before the game happens. I mean, that, For real. That, that, that's it right there. That's it. Uh, uh, stat match let's give Matt. Yeah. Stat match prop bet. A kick will hit the upright at plus three seventy five. I love See, it. This, this is what we I need. Did. We need him to dissect that for it. Because, like, by the odds, that's saying essentially that this will happen one out of every four games, 25% chance of happening. Mm-hmm. I don't think a kick hits the upright once every four games. Also, I don't know how many kicks there's going to be. I mean, maybe extra points, but. Extra point. points count. And two good kickers. Right, they Ryan do, but I'm just saying, like. Two good kickers, too. Ryan suck I, up I, and Harris I think Tampa Bay has some kicking issues. I'm not going to lie. I think Suckup has some, we've had some, kicking, some kicking issues. We've had some kicking issues. Yeah, we've been plagued with the kick. But Ryan Suckup, I mean, knock okay. on wood. Yeah, see, I don't even want to. I don't want to say. I'm, I'm not even going to talk anymore after that because I know what happens. I know I how think, the football got through. I think Matt did what I did and is having some fun with it. So I'm rooting, rooting for someone to throw a pass that's not Brady or Mahomes. Rooting for something to kick the upright. Me and Matt are coming home winners. But with that, let's move into the countdown. Let's go to number five. The number of guards on the Golden State Warriors with less all-star votes than Klay Thompson, which is absolutely hilarious. I mean, there's only one really guard on, on the Warriors that deserves any all-star votes. That's Steph Curry, who's having a good year. But that just shows not only how the Golden State Warriors faithful feel about Klay Thompson, but like the NBA, you know, the NBA following as a whole feels about Klay. Like, yeah, it's, it's just a guy that you just want to root for. You just want to see if there's going to be an all-star game, which they, they've just announced that there's going to be. Um, that you know, hey, you just you just want to see Clay a part of the All Star festivities. So, you know, shout out to Clay, I guess. But I think that was hilarious. 
I hate that personally. I'll, I'll just say that before we move on. I like if I was like a, a a player who was like on the cusp of the top ten and saw Clay Thompson in above me, like how? Well, that's just fan. I would never that's care about the All Star game again. It is. Like, like, that's true. That's true. I think when, when the Golden State fans. Go ahead, Kyle. I think Golden State fans had something because Wiggins was up there too. I, I think the Golden State fans just had some free Wendy's if they voted for the All-Star game. I, I don't know what happened, but Wiggins else. was up there too, and I think Steph has like the most votes in the league. When when the coaches and execs get their hands on it and it's, you know, every person counts for one vote, Clay won't be on there. Yeah, facts. All right, let's go to number four. The number of former Temple Owl players on the sideline for Tampa Bay, meaning now coaching in the big game, Four former Owls, Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, Keith Armstrong, the special teams coach, Todd McNair, running back coach, and Kevin Ross, cornerback coach. And beyond that, guys, there's three more. We got Bruce Arians and two other people who are, are lesser like coordinators that I forget their name. But uh, look at the Temple Owls, baby. We're in the big one. We're in the big game. Let's and that's go. crazy. And that's crazy. You're not you're not rooting for us. Ain't that wild? It Tough is crazy. <laughs> it is. I there's no there's no lie about that. I, I got no dog in this fight, so I'm a, I'm gonna let you hold that guilt, Jake. And <laughs> let's go to number three. Number three is the ranking the Utah Jazz have in defensive rating this year. They also ranked fifth in offensive rating. This was a team that had an 11 game win streak. It got snapped, but they got right back to their winning ways. The other night, they sit atop of the Western Conference or jostling back and forth between them, the Lakers, and the Clippers. I am, and I mean, is this st- sustainable? Is this, we talked about the Utah Jazz last episode about how good they were. And, you know, if, if people should really be giving them serious thought as, as contenders and it hasn't slowed down a week later. So, yeah, well, that game last night was ugly. That Hawks game was ugly. I think there was a point in the second quarter where the Hawks were like 11 for 45. It was like 38 to 27 with two minutes he left till halftime. So he Mitch missed a dunk in the first quarter to like to yeah. start off the game. Yeah, it was ugly. I'm not looking um, too much into it. I said what I had to say about the Jazz, but they're gonna they're gonna be a playoff team. I could say that. <laughs> uh, I don't really have a Jazz point, but I do want to get your guys' opinion on my f- dynasty basketball trade featuring. Me giving away star guard for the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, in return getting Damian Lillard. Remember, this is Dynasty. So straight uh, up. I have straight up. What do you think? I think you I mean, I mean the dynasty part of it is why you didn't finesse him because you keep them moving forward. Donovan Mitchell's got a little bit more time in the lead than Damian Lillard, but I don't think the time that Donovan Mitchell has offsets the fact that you got Damian no, straight I up think, Donovan Mitchell. I think that was a great trade, and we're talking fantasy basketball, so you talk stats, and we look at Donovan Mitchell, who's put up the same exact stats for the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's getting better as a player, but statistically, give me Dame all day. All day. Yes, sir. All right, let's go to number two. The number of centers to win player of the month in January that being Mr. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Uh, you know, we on the Radio.com NBA show, we had on Thursday, Tim Connolly, the president of the Denver Nuggets. And uh, he was talking about Nikola Jokic and he described going uh, to Serbia to give Nikola Jokic the contract, the big, huge contract extension. And he's like, they none of them reacted. They didn't like it was no, it was not <laughs> overwhelming to them. The entire they're all blue, blue collar, like hard workers. Like, look, the, I, I really do like Jokic. I know that he's gonna be the number one guy against Embiid for MVP this year, but like from all accounts, listening to Connolly talk about him as a person, like pretty good guy. So 
good for them. It's the first time the two centers have done it since there's a stat out there. I just don't know it, but it's been a while since two centers have been fired a month. I mean, I think uh, both those guys would probably win another one this year, too. So yeah. we'll see what happens. They're not, done. They're not done. Let's move to number one. The number of times Tom Brady has been a Super Bowl underdog. That is, we mentioned it earlier, Kyle, 2002 against the greatest show on turf. Uh, against the Rams, going into a, a three, going into this game as a three-point underdog. I guess the only the second time in his career of ten Super Bowl, you know, eleven Super Bowl appearances, however many crazy Super Bowl appearances that that he has. Um, so I mean, look, he faced the greatest offense the NFL had seen up until that point. Then he's facing the greatest offense the NFL has ever seen up until this point. Now, yeah, last time and it was, was... Let's see. And that was allegedly his rookie year. I don't know. So. <laughs> he was a rookie mentally he in was the Super Bowl. Mentally, yeah, yeah. There you go. It was a rookie mentally. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, well, actually, special number zero. Kyle, you want to take the? We, we don't usually. I, look, I'm only booked for number two and four, so I can't <laughs> go to true, number zero. True. Give it to us, Kyle. I, I'll take it. That is the number of punt return touchdowns in Super Bowl history. You want to know something funny? Today, I literally thought about like anytime touchdown score, like uh, an angle for Mecole Hardman could yeah. possibly be him returning a punt. And then I opened up the script. I'm like, yeah, that's so funny because I literally was thinking like, oh, maybe you could get a punt return. Maybe not. History yeah, maybe, would say maybe not. Maybe you could fumble a punt or fumble a punt return at the one as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But like, yo, we have our problems with punts. I mean, look at look at the, the Saints game in the divisional. Deontay Harris had his had his way the first two punts. Returned them both to plus territory. One was inside the, or one would have went, you know, inside the twenty if it didn't get called back. So, you know, hope you're, you know, he's I, money I actually. He's money and Miko Hardman. I mean, I, I got to think there's better odds this Super Bowl than a lot of other Super Bowls. But I'm not sure how many punts we're gonna see. Yeah, yeah true, that's true, true. That's true. All right, we're almost out of time for this shot or for this episode of Straight Facts. We can always get some shots about the buzzer though. Jake got something to say at the buzzer. Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout out to WIP brand manager Spike Eskin. Uh, he was another guest on the Radio.com NBA show. And uh, the topic came up, um, the fabricated topic came up about my obsession with Ricky Martin. Um, I don't have an obsession with Ricky Martin. I to say, please, please elaborate. I do not. Uh, our guy Ryan McDonough said that I did on air. Uh, good jokes. But after the show, Spike suggested, he said, you know what? Living La Vida Loca is actually not Ricky Martin's best song. You have to check out The Cup of Life. It was the World Cup song. I don't know what year, but I checked it out. Absolute thumper. Absolute huge, <laughs> Huge Ricky Martin fan. Dude, you Big guys should check Big like, Ricky Martin guy. I don't know if you've ever been to Cuba Libre in Philly. Probably not because COVID, but great club. Great music. I need to hear that. Just bl- hammered. At Cuba Libre, Cuba Libre, I need Couple Life to come on. Good, good call out there, Spike. I've been, I've been best friends with Jake since like damn near first grade, and I just learned in the last thirty seconds. I just learned two things about him I've never learned before. One, that he's a big Ricky Martin guy. Huge, two, huge, huge Ricky two, Martin fan. That he frequents the Latin, the Latinx clubs in Philly. That's big. If Jake, you, big, big information. I've been there twice. It was a phenomenal time both times. <laughs> no, I want to see you in a. I want to see you in a Latinx club. I want to. I want to see you absolutely saucing on the dance floor. That'd be hilarious. Sometime soon. Uh, what you got to say at the buzzer? Yeah. So actually, during this podcast, I got a phone call from my dad. Didn't pick it up. Obviously, texting back, recording podcast, and uh, 
he is going to insert an at the buzzer and actually goes along with our prop bets. He says, at the buzzer comment, tell them that your dad loves Gronk over 31 and a half yards. So my dad has entered the prop bet competition. Um, this is the same guy that took Gronk a little too high in this fantasy draft this year. So maybe maybe <laughs> we got a little where did bit. Where do you take him? I don't remember, but it was he shouldn't have drafted him at all. Too high, right. <laughs> and uh, 31 and a half yards over. That is from uh, Mr. Sirik. Sharp, sharp play. That is, that is good. Look, I, I, I don't doubt at some point in this game, Tom Brady's going to want to go back to stuff that's familiar. And the, the most familiar thing to him, especially like scoring touchdowns, is Gronk. So, yeah, Super Bowl too. Eric, I, I'm, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it at all. Uh, my, at, my at the buzzer is my official check on this Friday, day five of Super Bowl week on my nervous level. I didn't change it on the board. It's 60% on the board. We're up to like a 72, 72, 73% nervous level through this whole thing. Um, I think it was in this podcast, it was heavily skewed towards the Chiefs. <laughs> like the Chiefs <laughs> have more to work with than we do. Like I was hoping that it was going to be a nice 50-50. Once we named some Chiefs stuff, we'll name some Bucks stuff. But it went like Chiefs, Bucks, Chiefs, Bucks, Chiefs. And then for the last like 30 minutes, Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. And y'all just didn't, and then y'all all picked the Chiefs. It just didn't, it didn't do anything great for my mental, for my psyche. So I'm going to sleep it off. Tomorrow I'll probably wake up delusionally confident, and then we'll we'll go the other direction to Saturday and Sunday. Uh, just from my memory, because it's funny that like you have that board because it, it is a big like nervous excitement type thing. The day of, or at least Saturday and then into Sunday, you'll just have like a constant like back of the neck here feels all crazy here, feels kind of numb. And you get just, it's just pure excitement and adrenaline as, yeah. as it approaches kickoff. It is just, it really is a high. And, and just remember, dude, enjoy, no matter what happens, enjoy you need it. to enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy that's that's a great after the fact take after you won the Super Bowl. <laughs> 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 well, remember, you won the Remember, the ride is always more enjoyable when you're successful after it. If we For lose sure. the short, like, this whole week is shot. I'm going to delete all my videos. There's going to be no no <laughs> recollection of me even talking about the Super Bowl if we lose. But I'm I'm taking advantage of the fact that I can articulate my thoughts now because on Sunday, I'm not going to like, it's just going to come out in screams. Like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to be able to tell you. What it's I'm animalistic. Dude, the three, yeah, yeah, the yeah, three yeah. hours before, the three yeah. hours before Super Bowl, you're like, start the game. Start the game now. Yeah, start the game now. Yeah. It's going to be the longest day. It's going to be the longest day of my life. Absolutely. Can't wait to get to it. But that is all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Shout out to Stat Matt Robinson, who couldn't be with us, but of course, gave his anti Buccaneers take as, as his on brand for him. But for my guys, Kyle Sirik and Jake Galley, I'm your boy, James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>